This episode of MBSing is sponsored by Overcast, a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now. Unless it's Overcast. Get Overcast for free on the App Store. MBS plus a guest just BSing about a guest favorite thing MBSing everyone loves something so let's talk Hello, welcome to MBSing. I'm your host, Mary Beth Smith. My guest today is Gary Pascal, and he talks to me about his love of engineering. It was really wild for me to listen to this conversation. As you will note, I related to so much of it, even being from a different scientific background. It just seems like our trajectories through being interested in science and going to school for it and finding a path professionally outside of this passion that we both share for comedy uh, really seemed uh, oddly simpatico. So that was really cool for me to talk to him about. And I think it'll be a lot of fun for the listeners to find out what engineering type projects he's gotten to work on in the past and what really got him into it and how it's influenced his comedy overall. I've always been a big fan of Gary's project, The Koch Brothers Mystery Show, that he did with Brad Einstein as a sketch stage show and then later a podcast. They're actually a fellow member of the Chicago Podcast Co-op that I always like to thank for sponsoring the show and encourage people to check out other shows in the co-op. And I'm going to encourage you to check out a show outside of the co-op, also from Gary, called Murder Town. He does with his co-host Shannon Knoll, who's also a past guest of MBSing, and they have created a serial or S-Town type podcast project that is comedic in nature. So you get to enjoy the things that you like about those, uh, you know, true crime type stories in a completely new format and uh, let some other people make fun of it with some just great, great comedians. I know some of the people who have been on their guest list for this season, so I strongly encourage you to check out the first season of Murder Town. And I thank you so much for listening to my conversation with Gary. Enjoy. A waterslide is many things to many people. A playground, a community center, a makeshift delivery room. But what happens when a waterslide is instead a place where a guy got murdered a long time ago, and now the case still hasn't been solved? There's a man in my bushes holding oh, a Oh, yes. I, I wrote multiple cartoons on Both the murder. Sprint into a pit of I'm never murdered. That would suck. I'm Shannon. And I'm Gary. Two DePaul-trained actors. And world-trained journalists. And what we found in Chattapicnic, Wisconsin, will shock you. This is Murder Town. Um, could you do a little more? This is Murder Town. This is Murder Town. Okay, we'll take that. Murder Town. Hard-hitting investigative journalism premiering June 6th. My girlfriend and I just got a cat maybe a month ago, so we've been like, I've been 
doing all my cat chores in the morning and then going to work. And That's coming awesome. Coming home to some more cat chores. So. What's your new cat's name? Uh, it's named Kella. Um, so Atra is uh, Assyrian mm-hmm. and uh, Kella in uh, Arabic or Assyrian is like bull or head butter. <gasps> I love cat, that. <laughs> this cat is a head butter for sure. That's so sweet. <laughs> I love that. I talked to Mike Jando at length about being an Assyrian. Uh, his oh, parents yeah. are both immigrants. Yeah. Um, but he's like a first generation mm-hmm. uh, but he's their whole family and like social circle is Assyrian I actually mm-hmm. got to go to his wedding so oh yeah yeah it was very cool Assyrian weddings are wild it was yeah. wild dude it was so cool they oh. there's so much like live music and like horns and yeah it's awesome have you been to one yeah i just went to one a couple months ago uh for one of atra's uh, family friends and yeah it's just nuts and i'd seen videos from her brother's wedding sure um and atra made the mistake of <laughs> telling me that so like um the groom gets either a, a cane or a sword uh-huh um and so I was like, well, I'm getting a sword. Yeah. And she's like, that's not our tribe. That's like, that's a little tacky. <gasps> yeah, And I'm right. like, I'm not doing it if I don't get a sword. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, you tell me that the, there's possibly a sword. Right. Then I have to get a sword. Yeah. <laughs> Jindo had a pretty cool, like, staff, like, scepter. So mm-hmm. I guess his was, like, a cane. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he had to like hold it up for so long, like yeah. a wildly long amount of time. The songs are six hours long. It's They're, insane. Yeah. <laughs> like it's they play music and dance the entire time. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think I, I fit like by the time I finished my meal it was cold, like for sure because mm-hmm. we just like danced the yeah. whole time. Yeah, I tried to, uh, so they do the long line dance, and I watched it, and I was like, yeah, this is easy. This is like a couple foot moves. Right? And I was so bad it's at impossible. it. It's impossible. Yeah, it's so hard. It took me forever and to get the basic one. I know, and everyone in the room knows it, yeah. so you feel like yeah. a moron. <laughs> and there's, Atra was explaining it to me, there's like a lot of social etiquette of like where you go in the line. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know that. That's She's amazing. like, the people who lead it are either like, um, the main people in the wedding or the people who are best at dancing. And That's awesome. there was a guy at this wedding we went to who was not great at dancing and was at the front. She's like, that is a huge faux pas. <laughs> I love that so It much. was great. I'm pretty uh, sure I will say I think my friends and I were uh, close to the end of the line. So <laughs> I hope. Yeah, I stuck to the very end. I was like, do you want to go before me? Yeah, I, it's yeah. like I shouldn't. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I love your sweet cat's name. And oh, she's a sweetie. <laughs> I love the idea that she pushes her head into things so she much. She is, and she'll like, um, especially if my like beard is getting scruffier. She, I think she's just itching her face on my face. <sighs> Uh, that makes sense. But it's yeah, very... It probably feels real good. Yeah, it's very cute. And, and you're going to let yeah. her do it yeah, forever. Yeah, like <laughs> sitting, sitting on my chest and and like Just, rubbing on my face. Oh. And like it's very cute. I realize that I am a scratching post. Right. But <laughs> you're willing to fine. accept it. Fine, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, my lovely guest today is Gary Pascal. And we are going to talk about his love of, knowledge of, interest in engineering. Yes. What is the origin of your interest in engineering? So uh, my dad is an engineer. Um, so, I mean, I've been around it 
forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and now me and all three of my siblings are engineers. No way. Yes, all mechanical engineers. No way. Uh, my poor mother. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what did she do? Uh, she she studied communications in college, and I mean, she was a homemaker for my childhood. She's got four kids, so um, and now she does uh, a lot of volunteer work. But um, awesome. Yeah. But still, just like nothing even. Close. <laughs> yeah, she was like, I don't get you guys. Yeah. Um, my parents met uh, when my dad and mom both worked at Petra Canada, um, and she uh, she was like an office admin, and he was an engineer there. Um, and she's like, that's as close as I'm going to get to it. I don't... <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, she's actually like, uh, whenever I talk to my folks, I mean, she is pretty knowledgeable about... Um, like all the stuff that my dad works on, she can explain it pretty well. But That's I good. don't I don't know if she it's like something she's very passionate about. I was gonna I say know. she may not care very <laughs> yeah, much, yeah, but yeah. she tries. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. I can't believe for and your dad's an ME too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that's so funny! I think that's a testament to nature and nurture, actually. Yeah, it uh, it definitely is. <laughs> you, you have to be all like wired brain similarly. Yeah, and I mean he he ran the house like an engineering firm. Sure. Uh, like we had a family computer, and it was like one of those Windows ninety five where everybody had their own login. Oh right. Um, but like so, on an engineering uh, drawing, you like you list your name as your initials. Um, so he was ASR and I was GPR. And on, on the computer, instead of it just being like, uh, Alan, Diane, uh, Gary, Paul, Ian, it was GPR, oh, <laughs> LSR, it, PJR, yes. it, IFR. It was, it was so weird. I was that... like, Dad, you know that these all are going to end in R, right? <laughs> like you could just put our name. <laughs> That's so funny and such a good example <laughs> yeah. of how it's, it translates into your whole life as a oh, kid. Oh, it was uh, the perfect example. I, I did this kind of as a, a stand-up bit for a while, but um, about a year and a half ago when I moved, uh, I was going through a bunch of old papers that I had, and uh, I found, like, this uh, list of, like, family rules and expectations that my oh, dad had given me wow. when I was 15. Uh, it was right when I was, like, taking driver's ed, and it was... It reads like a cover your ass document of like uh, (laughs) what he's going to provide. And there's like subsections and stuff. It's all bulleted. Uh, Like the bit that I do is like my family is all engineers. So we primarily communicate by bulleted list. This (laughs) is it. Uh, and it's so strange. Uh, Like it's, it's exactly what he would give how to a child yeah, right. and at the time I was like oh well this is this you know, is very useful this Thank is how you. a father <laughs> tells his son that these are the <laughs> items he will provide um, but they were like things like uh, uh, leisure access to common areas <laughs> like he's gonna put a key card in like it's a hotel pool oh um, my god there was uh uh, transportation for essential school activities lacking bus availability <laughs> oh Wow, that uh, is. It was like a page and a half document, <laughs> and the last bullet is uh, general moral support. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. That's basically yeah, I was like, like, thank you. Love, yeah. Dad. Yeah. How do I love thee? Let me itemize the list. <laughs> is, oh, I got you. <laughs> Man, that's so funny. Where do you fall in the birth order? 
Uh, I'm the oldest. Okay, so yeah. I was I was curious as to whether this was like you know a document he had just yeah. had to pull up and <laughs> no, reprint yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah, it was like uh, it they, it made a bunch of references to me being in high school. So I was like, did my brother get one of these? It said junior high, and it right. said you're not going to provide a bed or whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, that's um, hilarious. Anyway, that's but the whole you were bit the, that I do, you were basically. the guinea pig. <laughs> yeah. You were the the one that he got to first make the list for. Yes, exactly. I bet he, I, I bet he got some other use out of it. <laughs> I'm not sure. I talked to my sister, and she's like, I don't remember getting anything <laughs> like this. I think I didn't need it, and you were just a problem. <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. I know that's what it. That's probably where it landed with my brother and I as well. He's about five years older than me and m- much more popular, so he just had to have more rules. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so from there, do you think that, uh, it was like when you were entering college that you really first started thinking about pursuing being an engineer or, um, probably when I was entering high school. Um, and I mean, growing up with, uh, an engineer dad, I'm, uh, yeah, there's an element of like, I'm getting his genes. So I, and he's like just brilliant at math. Um, like really smart and and creative that way, um, and and then uh, when I was graduating, not graduating, finishing junior high. Do people graduate junior high these days? People do it, but yeah. it's a joke. Like <laughs> if you say eighth grade graduation or anything yeah. below, like, stop. I'm not going. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, Anyway, at, at the end of uh, junior high, there where I lived, there was this science and math magnet program. Awesome. It was just like uh, the Academy of Science and Technology. Um, and you could apply to it. Um, and at first I didn't want to apply because like I wanted to go to high school with my friends. But sure. then I like thought about it, and the high school I was zoned for, um, it was like this town that grew so fast that they didn't like have enough schools. Yeah. And so they they split high school into two campuses. There was one for ninth and 10th grade and one for 11th and 12th. And each school had 3,000 kids. Jesus. Yeah, it was enormous. So I was like, I'm not going to be in classes with my friends anyway. That's so. <laughs> such a good way to look at it. Um, and I was like, this would be a good you know, opportunity. And Did you so, go there for four years? Uh, yeah. So I, I applied to this program. I got in. Um, and so I did this uh, science academy for four years of high school, which uh, was great. Um, How many students was it? So there's 65 students in it, and then it's within uh, this other high school. Gotcha. So you take your your science and math <laughs> classes with the through the yeah through the academy, and then your um, like history and and English and social uh, studies with um, the rest of the high school. Awesome. Uh, and it was great because um, it was like. Uh, one, it was a more diverse high school, so it was like nice to be able to, you know, be around people who um, wasn't just like an all white <laughs> yeah, sure. school. Um, Three thousand white yeah, people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was um, it was a little more like <laughs> realistic representation of what people are like, um, and uh, it was a smaller school, which was really nice. Um, and the, I mean, the science program was awesome. Uh, it was a really good. Um, I relate to this so hard. I went yeah. to the Governor's School for Science and Math for really? my junior and senior year of high school. Oh, wow. And it was, uh, so it wasn't associated with a different school, but it was mm-hmm. about 60 students for each class. Mm-hmm. And uh, I loved it. And it yeah. was vastly more diverse. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I came from a pretty, like, 
50-50 in terms of black-white diversity. Uh, never, I knew like an Asian person and their yeah. family owned the Chinese restaurant that was in our town. Sure, I knew yeah. like a Jewish person. Like mm-hmm. I didn't know anyone outside of that. And then I got to governor school and it was like, people would be speaking different languages walking down the hall and stuff. And I was mm-hmm. like, this is something I never would have gotten at in my public yeah. high school experience. Absolutely. Yeah. Mine was very, very similar. Um, a part of, you know, the requirements to graduate from the, uh, science Academy was you had to do, um, like each year you had to do, I forget what they called it. It was like, a, like an exploration project. Um, and it was either like, um, what is the thing? Uh, you see like destination imagination or Odyssey oh, of the mind type yeah. of thing. Uh, or you had to do science fair, um, or you could do uh, best robotics. Cool. Um, and so I did best robotics awesome. because uh, the competition was in October, and then you were done for the year. Ah, <laughs> smart. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Um, and so uh, the first year I did that was tenth grade, and um, the the teacher who was like the sponsor was um, pretty uh, not great. Oh no. <laughs> So basically, like, what it is is, like, uh, it's, like, a competitive um, – they call it robotics, but it's really a remote control car. Okay. Um, but basically, you build a remote control car, to, and it's a competitive thing where you're, like um, – there's, like, a little arena space, and there's some objective that you need your robot to do. Um, do they one, tell you the objective going in? Yes. Um, so, like, they'll lay out the objective at the beginning of the year. Um, they'll show you what the course is going to look like. Um, and, like, like one year – and it's always, like, oh, you're, you're harvesting, uh, you know, like, modules from the space station. <laughs> and it's, like, <laughs> empty coffee cans with yeah. a handle on it. Uh, yeah, it's, like uh, – I feel like the most classic thing is, like, make a thing that protects this egg or yeah, whatever yeah, that yeah. kind of uh, – format yeah and so um like one year yeah it was like you pull you have to pull these canisters out of this thing and then like place them in your scoring area pretty much uh and they give everybody a set um like amount of supplies it's like you know some motors and some wire and um you know some That's wood a and, good yeah. policy don't have yeah. some kids just <laughs> yeah kids have like some carbon fiber robot <laughs> show up with um but anyway, the um, the teacher who sponsored it um, was, like, not <laughs> great at it. Sure. I don't think he particularly cared. <laughs> um, and, like, as soon as my dad found out, uh, he's like, you got kids in the classroom, and they're, they're sawing things in their lap. I mean, they don't even have a sawhorse. <laughs> and he's, like, freaking out. Uh, <laughs> and so he got, like, involved in helping with it because oh he's just like, God. these guys need a lot of help. Yeah. Uh, and then the next two years, we had a teacher sponsor who was way better. And we, uh, I think one year went to state, and then the year after I graduated, they went to, like, the national That's awesome. competition. Um, and each year, we were, it was, like, against a bunch of other schools, and then there was one homeschool team. <gasps> and they were wild. <laughs> oh, I can't imagine. It was a huge group of, of homeschooled kids. Um that like especially this competition where it's like around a bunch of people is like infrequent in their lives so they're going wild and uh their their robot always sucked but (laughs) a portion of the contest was like you had to make like one of those 
bifolding like science fair displays sure. about like building <laughs> the process. Yeah. And theirs was always like amazing. <laughs> and they there were multiple years where they won because of their dumb display. Oh, that, <laughs> and okay. we were like, we beat you on all we of the- We need to look at the rubric. <laughs> yeah. This is BS. This is just garbage. Meanwhile, they're on like robot rumspringa. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's exactly what it was, yeah. Um, we can drink soda here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was just a oh bunch of, boy! Oh, it was <laughs> it was wild. So, but that was like the first time I started um, uh, getting into like designing a thing yeah. and like here's the objective: how do we make something? Uh, and that was really fun. Yeah, for me. like that's I, I awesome. Really liked like that kind of problem solving. Um, and I also like started learning how to do like computer drafting when I was in high school, which was super super helpful um, uh, for like me. Like an AutoCAD type yeah. situation. Uh, I'm a I'm a SolidWorks guy, but okay, uh, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's the only one I could pull. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know a whole lot about Rhino, but uh, SolidWorks. And if you want to do Creo or ProE, we can talk later. But uh. all right, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, we'll compare notes. I've got some. Uh, I could got some stuff I could yeah. show you too for sure, <laughs> definitely. Uh, <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, that was kind of what got me interested in it, and then well, yeah, when I was applying for schools, um, it was. I don't think there was like a specific like moment where I was like, "This is absolutely what I want to do." Um, but the thing that I liked about like studying engineering is you could do a lot of things with it. Sure. So, um, and it's like a useful degree, uh, especially now for me to do, (laughs) you know, drafting so I can do dick jokes at night. Uh, (laughs) I relate to this. (laughs) (laughs) I came here from a chromatography lab (laughs) where I work with my degree. (laughs) Exactly. It's like, yeah, if you want to do comedy, get an engineering (laughs) degree and then it's easier to have like a day job that won't crush your soul. Uh, Well... Yeah. yeah, debatable. It's, 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 it's trickier to find, but once you find it, you're like, oh, okay, this is, I can do, like... That's a really good way to put it. Yeah. Like, yeah, because I'm, I'm happy with uh, my position in that it is, like, fulfilling for me in a different way than comedy yeah. is. Yeah. yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I'm at a place right now where I basically, like, my schedule is really flexible, and uh, I work maybe, like, 35 hours a week, um, and that was hard to find get to in the yeah engineering world i'm sure um but uh you know it, it's a not too high stress job and then i can go and do wiener jokes so. yeah <laughs> yeah and you don't have to worry about like scraping money together which yeah. is a weird position to be in in this community sometimes yeah, yeah, yeah. uh <clears throat> so i guess did you have any engineering specific classes in high school or was it mostly just like traditional like physics, mathematics? Um, let's see. What did I take? Um, I did, uh, like a robotics class. Okay. Um, and <laughs> this is with, uh, my, uh, teacher, Mr. Ripito, Mr. Rip. Uh, <laughs> and he was a man. He was a wild dude. Uh, he is a, 
big time dork and we loved him. Uh, <laughs> he was like one of those, he was a physics teacher uh, primarily and then he also taught this robotics class and he was the uh, sponsor for Best Robotics. Um, so I was around him a lot. Yeah. Uh, and he's like the teacher who has the, um, he had like a, a sign in his classroom that's like speed limit 3.0 times 10 to the eighth meters per second. Uh. Uh, that, that guy, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, both of the physics teachers at our high school were like specifically differently yeah. odd. Like <laughs> both very nice men, but man, just like one of them was like this tiny little nerd, and one yeah. of them was like this big bumbling kind of nerd. <laughs> it was so funny. Oh man, I, it takes. I think it takes a pretty specific type mm. of person. Yeah, but that's cool that the robotic stuff like kind of worked in terms of yeah he um he had a bumper sticker on his car uh that was red and let's see ultraviolet i think it, yeah this or was the sticker blue it's important which one it is. right right <laughs> i think it was like a red sticker and it said if the sticker is blue you're driving too fast Oh, because of the speed of yeah, health. it's like a Doppler effect. Gotcha. Um, but I might have that backwards. It might have been blue, and it's. If it's <sighs> I think red. that sounds right because blue would be faster. So you're seeing it more clearly. I don't know. It is <laughs> infrared. Yeah, it must have been red. Uh, if not, uh, you know, send me angry emails. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Seek us out and complain yeah. if you can correct us on yeah. this. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> no, but I, I get you. It's so, it's really funny how much scientists love to look for jokes in science. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, like Futurama, just the writing staff had a bunch of just, you know, like math PhDs. They have to have yeah. for, for the stuff they were doing. My chemistry teacher in high school learned Spanish by watching Futurama so much and then watching them in Spanish with <laughs> English subtitles on. <laughs> or maybe vice versa. Like oh, maybe he man. watched them with Spanish subtitles and he just like learned like he could speak relatively fluent spanish he was also like a brilliant dude yeah <laughs> who like owned a farm and taught chemistry mm -hmm. and that was about it uh <laughs> but he yeah so i think i think that was a good a good pull in terms yeah. of like <laughs> scientists love that shit <laughs> yeah. uh so once you got to college and getting into more like difficult math and physics mm -hmm. classes and stuff like that. Was there a time where you were just like, fuck this? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's when I started doing comedy was my junior year of college, and I was just really burnt out on... Uh, really burnt out on doing school, and like I think a lot of people were. Yeah, uh, same, <laughs> yes. Or it's just like I, I'm far enough in where I'm worn out and like not close enough to the end where I to can like give up yeah, yes. where I can see the light at the end of the tunnel man yes uh, and at a certain point I was just like randomly watching Conan and Patton Oswalt was on uh, and he was he just did his whole set in a Wolverine costume uh, and it was amazing. It was incredible. Uh, and so, like, I went and looked up all of his albums and just got, like, really into stand-up. Uh, and I was, like, a huge stand-up nerd. I would, like, 
uh, I would go to, this was in Austin, I went to UT there, and uh, I would go to the open mic at Cold Town and not go up. I would just go and watch because I was too nervous Sure, to sure, up, sure. Uh, for like a year. <gasps> wow. <laughs> yeah. To an open mic. Yeah. Oh, it was rough. <laughs> it's amazing that your love of comedy survived that experience. <laughs> I am consistently shocked. Because uh, you could never go back and do that at this point. Yeah, I'm, I'm as shocked as uh, I am that my love of comedy happened, still exists after uh, like seeing any improv show now. <laughs> Fair. Fair. <laughs> Super fair. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny, man, because I, I also relate to that so hard. I, I went on study abroad with the theater department my junior year, and I came back, and I just hit a wall yeah. so hard. It was just like, I don't think I can keep going to school for chemistry. Like, I think I have to do something that yeah. I actually <laughs> want to do more than yeah. that. Uh, did you get – you just have a bachelor's? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, good for you. Join the yeah. club. The people who are like, okay, this is good. Yeah, I, I was like, I could go and get a, you know, master's, but it's also more money, mm-hmm. and I can also get a job now. Yeah. And yeah. also, I was done with school, so. Yeah, I relate to that as well. Uh, so when you finished up, was the plan to move to Chicago? Yeah, so I started doing, uh, so I was like a stand-up nerd all of my junior year of college, and then uh, I think it was maybe like that summer, or I know it was right around Christmas, because my mom was like, I see that you're into stand-up, would you like to take an improv class? (laughs) And that was my Christmas gift that year, and it was very sweet, uh, and I got really into improv. Uh, and like, Thanks, Mom. I'm sure now my dad is like, Jesus, God, Diane, now you got the kid throwing his life away. Uh, but um, so I started doing improv in Austin, and it's, I mean, they have an amazing scene there, uh-huh. and it's growing really fast. Yeah, like, like everyone I know who started there is mm-hmm. awesome and so funny and smart and cool. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, Sort of like, I feel like kind of a a smaller version of like the Chicago scene where, I mean, there's no like industry. So people just try shit and I believe uh, it. Yeah. uh, Do really like weird, inventive stuff. Um, And people are passionate about it and like doing it for the sake of doing it and like uh, the community because they it's not like they're competing with other people for mm-hmm. like <laughs> some the non-existent yeah, opportunities the jobs that don't exist yeah right uh, right and <laughs> so it was really fun uh, i started doing um i got cast on a a team uh <laughs> called continental breakfast ooh i don't hate that <laughs> it was kind of fun like That's it was nice. it was sort of um like they did these kind of mixer um things on like Saturdays and you'd go and it was kind of like a drop-in uh-huh. um, thing and then they would cast teams out of it. It's cool. like, put your name down if you're interested in being cast and then they cast this team and they gave us like a, a run of shows. Um, and so our coach, uh, Michael Joplin, uh, great dude, he's out in LA now, uh, I think... I think successful. I don't know how he works. He's doing well. He's playing a lot of basketball, according to Instagram. So. Uh, At least healthy. Yeah, yeah. He's nothing if not healthy. Yeah. I think he does a bunch of like pro wrestling stuff too, which cool. is real cool. Um, yeah. Anyway, he was like, I 
want to do this hotel-based um, form uh, because I want to name the team Continental Breakfast. <laughs> okay, so, when like, you we, come to it from yeah, that. <laughs> we backed out a form from the name he wanted to do, and it was... Uh, so bad. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, as all good improv teams. Yeah, do. <laughs> it was. It was a form that uh, that necessitated that every scene takes place within a hotel, and uh, we realized too late that there are like four rooms in a hotel. <laughs> There's like a hotel room, uh-huh. the lobby, uh-huh. uh, the gym, the restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> yep. The pool. I guess. That's it. Sure. <laughs> and we could not think of any other places to have a scene. Um, but it was uh, a team of like 10 of us and we did that first run of shows and then people started sort of like dropping out and then um, we had sort of independently booked a show um, and then like as people kind of dropped um, it was only four of us it was me and you know uh, uh, Mike Sullivan and Jonathan uh-huh. Giuseppe yeah I love those, those guys oh um, that's great yeah, so I that's love me, that that's yeah. how far back you all go yeah that's where we met and uh, and uh, another guy uh, Ugo Vargas um, he's still in Austin and uh, we had this show booked and the sh- form doesn't really work with uh, only four people and sure. so we're like freaking out um and we just decided to kind of wing it, and we had maybe still the best show I've ever done. Oh. <laughs> uh, probably if there's a video of it, and I go back and watch it, it would it be wouldn't unwatchable. Hold up. Yeah. But the feeling was great. Of and course, I was like, oh, I really want to do this. Yeah, um, of course. So those three guys were all going to do the intensive at IO uh, the summer that I was graduating. Um, and so I was like, well, this is a great timing because I need to. Find a find job something. somewhere. Yeah. Um, and so I started applying to jobs just in Chicago, like any engineering jobs I could find. Um, and I got an interview at one place <laughs> uh, and got that job, no luckily. No way. Uh, and, and that was at, at Mars. So uh, Awesome. Which w- was wild for like the one place that I get yeah. uh, an interview at is like a chocolate factory. <laughs> Right out of college. Yeah. Yeah. It In was, the city that you wanted to move to. Yeah, exactly. It oh, was, where is the factories? Uh, so it's a little uh, west of the city. It's like just north of Oak Park. That's not even that far out. Like, yeah, it in was... The grand when I moved here, I first lived in Ukrainian Village and would take the metro there. And right. then, like, pretty soon I moved to, like, Lincoln Park and I would just take the Fullerton bus from, like, where it started to where it ended. Oh, my god! And that was my commute to That's work. what, like an hour? Yeah, hour, it was like an hour. Hour change? Yeah. Man. That's crazy. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it was a crazy experience working there. Um, and uh, used, used like most uh, engineering jobs, uh, very little of my education. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was, I think this, the adage is like, you know, an engineering degree is useful for saying I can figure out how to solve a problem. I'm not for saying, like, I know uh, the second law of thermodynamics. Right. Uh, Yes. They don't really care. (laughs) Yes. Yes. That is, yeah, my first job was at Baxter Healthcare, like a Mm -hmm. pharmaceutical, a medical device type company. And there were people on my team who got hired because they had to hire, like, a bunch of people all at once. Uh, There were people on my team who had, like, psychology degrees. (laughs) Really? Because they were just like, hmm. 
science. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but similarly, they just they wanted. We were just like fielding complaints and oh, making really? sure that they like that the uh, problem that occurred got ascribed to the proper uh, thing that caused it. Okay. Essentially, so it, similarly, they were just looking for people who could, you know, problem solve and and. and you thought that a psychology degree would... Yeah, because that's solving problems, right? I yeah, think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, that's but yeah, wild. Yeah. But they were hiring specifically for like, they're like, this is like a chemist. Uh, they were I looking for chemistry degrees. They were looking for like chem and bio for sure. Okay. And then there were just people who had like the most like... <laughs> tangential relationship yeah. to science uh that's not fair to <laughs> to those sciences to life sciences yeah. and and health sciences uh and it was it was like pretty eye-opening so it's like yeah. oh they are churning through whoever they can convince to come do this job yeah. <laughs> uh but i yeah it was definitely at some point i reached the limit of wanting to still travel as far as I was going to do something that I didn't want to be doing. Yeah. And it was just like, I I do actually want to work in a lab. Like, that's why yeah. I started doing chemistry. Travel as in, like, like travel uh, for work or, or just going down that career path? Uh, literally physically commuting. Okay. It was, it was so far. And... This was in Chicago? Uh, it was in Round Lake, uh, Illinois, which is like is closer to Wisconsin than it is Chicago. Jesus. You it driving was, out there? Uh, I either carpooled or I took the Metro. Okay. Um, but it was like an hour and a half at least. Ooh, it was really bad. Yeah. But um, it taught me that if I want, it kind of like you were saying before that it took me a while to find the thing that I wanted to be doing or that mm-hmm. was more comfortable uh, and uh, felt like a better application of my degree. Yeah. Uh, and that first like year and a half of doing that was a good lesson to learn yeah. about it all. So I can't believe the the kind of. I would say luck, but there's obviously mm-hmm. more than luck involved yeah. in landing where you did. Well, I was also like, uh, uh, so my boss uh, was Canadian, and so he liked that I was Canadian. Hilarious. And then uh, Mars, for some reason, loved hiring people from Texas schools. They loved hiring from UT and A and M. Huh. Uh, I don't know why. It worked out, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's wild. I. So you basically were like just fielding. Like customer yeah. complaints or yeah oh wow yeah like That's any medical rough. device complaints yeah there were some people who had to do like field more phone complaints than I did oh. which was good I kind of dodged that bullet um, I actually got put into like a specific um, team that did uh, complaints that they knew they were going to have to send to the FDA uh, but I was more of like a which is probably a testament to like my analytical nature. I was more quality over quantity in terms of a 
an employee for them. And there are some mm-hmm. people who just like blow through this stuff because yeah. they're like, uh, look, my name's at the top of the chart. And I'd yeah. be like, I actually want to do my job right. Yeah. Uh, and, and it worked, you know, it, they noticed and, and mm-hmm. put me on a specific uh, team, which meant that I didn't have to field as many phone complaints. So That's I was nice. very yeah. happy with that. It was very strategic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, that, I, that was an accident, but also it worked out. <laughs> um, but yeah, we would have to like uh, like read through the customer comments in terms of like what they had done. It was all uh, renal uh, pumps, okay. so they were like getting dialysis into their like abdomen, and uh, that we had to like familiarize ourselves with the whole process so that we uh, knew okay. like if this goes wrong, this is the cause and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was pretty like you know. It was pretty cut and dry, and if it wasn't, you could, you know, escalate something to someone else who might be able to assign it better than you could, uh, but it wasn't chemistry yeah. at all. <laughs> Not even close. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what it, do, what was your experience like where that's concerned, like when you uh, started uh, Mars? Very similar. Um, <laughs> I was basically like a project manager. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a project engineer. I was associate project engineer <laughs> was my official title. Uh and so there's basically, so we're at the factory where, you know, they make uh, candy bars. Uh, the Chicago plant makes uh, fun size and mini Snickers, uh, Milky Way, Three Musketeers. Uh, they also do Dove chocolate and they do Munch. Oh, uh, yeah. Have you seen Munch? I think so. It's like you barely ever see it in stores, and it sells poorly. <laughs> uh, it's like a crisp rice situation. It's literally peanut brittle. That's, oh, that's yes, all it is. Yeah, I have. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about because someone gave one to me as a bit once. <laughs> they used to have them in the uh uh. There was like a corner store where Lynx Hall is mm-hmm. at Sheffield and Newport. And it was, you know, it was a joke about uh, carpet munching that led to it. Uh, And (laughs) yeah, I was like, why do I know what that is? And that's that's why. uh, Yeah, it's just like a peanut brittle bar. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, Mm -hmm. And I don't know why it just never took off other than it's just peanut brittle. (laughs) Right, right, right. (laughs) Um, But the Mars family loves it, so they will always make it. (gasps) And it is always, like, they will run it once every six weeks. Uh, And it's always running anytime, like, a Mars family member is Is visiting. In the house? Ah, That's Uh, so funny. It's so weird. And all of the equipment is, like, so old like so old that it's hard to find parts when they need to do maintenance uh-huh and they're just like there's no business <laughs> reason to upgrade this because yeah. we can't it justify well. yeah we can't justify spending a million dollars on the munch line <laughs> that's so funny oh my god that's so specific and weird yeah, it is uh i mean there's all sorts of weird <laughs> idiosyncrasies with the mars family um yeah it's a it's a wild uh Wild ass place. There were like there were people that I so there's a lot of people there who've worked there for like twenty, thirty years. I can imagine, um, yeah. And so there's some people that I worked with they're like, Yeah, before they started cracking down on nut allergies, I would take the munch bar, throw it through the uh, chocolate and rober and got a nice little snack there. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds great. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, can you, we... you make your own little <laughs> snacks? What are you doing? <laughs> 
That's so funny. But I mean, it was crazy. You can go out on the line. You can try a Snickers bar at every right stage of, of the uh, every stage of the production. What do they do first? Like, do they put the peanuts and caramel together first, or what's yeah, the deal? Yeah, so there's basically, um, and I don't think I'm telling any trade secrets because <laughs> this is how you ba- make any candy bar, pretty much. Um, it's probably been on like how it's made or unwrapped yeah, or something yeah. like that. Um, so basically, there's generally like three um, three areas of the line. Um, there's uh, either upstream or uh, the kitchen area, um, and then there's the um, midline area, uh, and then there's packaging. So the kitchen is where you like make the caramel and the nougat, and then the midline is where you um, form it into uh, a slab and then cut it to size and enrobe it in chocolate, and then packaging, you put it in bags and stuff. Enrobe. Um, I bet yeah. that's, a, a, that's a term that you took away from the Mars factory. Yeah, the, the machine is called the enrober. Ah, uh, I love and that. And we... When I was there, we sourced all of our chocolate enrobers from this uh, German con- German company, uh, Solik, uh, and they just made a bunch of chocolate enrobers. <laughs> and they sent this, um, like their field technician that they would send, um, I don't even remember his name because everyone called him Shrek. <laughs> Amazing. He was like a six foot eight probably 350 pound German man <laughs> with this like deep German voice. There is a problem we see in Roba. And everyone just called him Shrek. And that was Shrek. Uh, <laughs> he was a field technician. Uh, he was a mess. He would just like every night he'd be drinking like 20 beers. He's a huge human being. He oh was like um, Andre the Giant. That's exactly yeah. what I was thinking when he said that. Uh, and then he'd just be getting into the enrober and fucking around with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure, I'm sure there are people around who are like, oh God, but he probably knew exactly yeah, what he, he was doing. Yeah, he knows exactly what he's doing. Um, but yeah, basically like, so for Snickers bar, um, uh, so there's two layers. The bottom layer is nougat and the top layer is caramel and peanuts. Um, and so the nougat is like, uh, whipped egg and sugar and a little bit of peanut butter in it. Uh, so basically there's a machine that'll, you know, whip the egg and, uh, and the peanut butter, um, grinder, and then they just kind of mix it in a, it's like a long cylindrical tank with like a, um, like a he- helical, yeah. Um, and basically you dump it in at the beginning and it spins it and by the end it's mixed and it's like <laughs> a continuous mixer. That's awesome. Uh, and then the caramel, it's basically just kind of like cook sugar. Melt a bunch of sugar. <laughs> yeah, cook sugar and uh, and then you mix in some peanuts. Uh, and then uh, those are dumped into two different uh, either cold rolls or chilled rolls depending on who you're talking to. Um, but it's basically like two... Um, rolling pins that are like you pump uh, brine, salt water into the um, pins. They're like stainless steel. Um, and so those are like really cold and the stuff coming in is pretty warm. So this like cools them off and then makes a flat slab that's as thick as that layer. Um, and the slab is probably like four feet wide, depending on the line. They make uh, like the full size Snickers in uh, Waco, Texas, and the line is enormous. They make, I think, something like 120 tons of Snickers a shift. It's oh ridiculous. Oh my God. Yeah. They're just cranking it out. Like if a bomb hit Waco, there would be no, no full size Snickers in the country. That's crazy. Uh, it's wild. <laughs> Man. Uh, so, yeah, then you just put 
you put down a layer of nougat, uh, you put down a layer of the peanut butter or the peanuts and caramel on top of that. That goes through a cooling tunnel. Um, then it goes through a, a slitter, which cuts it into the width. Uh, they're like, cuts them into like ropes pretty Super much. Super long little strips. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then it goes through a guillotine, which cuts it <laughs> to length. Yeah, of course. Uh, and then goes through chocolate and which rubber. Which is probably like frightening to watch. It's, <laughs> Just yeah. Chunk, chunk, chunk. Yeah. And it goes fast. It's crazy. Oh. It's, uh, it's like an ultrasonic thing. So it keeps it cleaner. Dang. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't even think about that. You can't just like slice a snicker bar and pull the knife yeah. out clean. It's yeah, it's <laughs> just got this ultrasonic knife that's just like, chunk 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 like over and over. Man, that's uh, pretty wild. To yeah, see it go. Um, and then you either so for a full size bar you enrobe it twice, and for the minis and fun sizes just once. Um, and then it goes down to packaging, wrap it up, uh, send it out the door. Uh, and my big, so I had two projects that were like the big projects that I was, when I was there. Um, and the first one was we were putting in a whole new line to make uh, fun size Snickers. Uh, just and, like an additional one? Yeah, or? like just for more capacity. Gotcha. Um, it was, and it was uh, like repurposing, uh, there had been an existing line there. And so like repurposing some of that like kitchen equipment. To make it into one for Snickers. Yeah. Interesting. Um and then uh, the other one was taking that same line and then adapting it to make uh, Snickers unwrapped bites. Oh yeah, they come things. in like a little bag. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was. Are they like, smaller? Yeah. That's what I thought. So yeah, they're like twenty five percent smaller. Yeah. Um, and they're not individually wrapped. Right. Uh, so that was like basically the response to those Reese's individual, like the big bag of unwrapped Reese's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like Mars version of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was. I feel like they're doing that. You can get like, you know, Starbursts like that now. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, so I was a project manager on that. Uh, so that was like my thing where I got to be like in That's charge of really a cool. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was like, there was still a whole like R and D department that's doing their stuff sure. that was probably much more interesting than sure, like ours. Yeah, yeah. But there was like weird. It it's always amazing like what things uh, you can't predict will go wrong. Where <laughs> it's like, uh, like you call up Solik and they're like, we didn't design this guillotine to go any smaller than that original spec. So like. You got to figure out how to do that. Jeez. Yeah. There's all sorts of like little weird things. So would you have to then change like the programming of that? I mean, we had to like do a lot of redesigns to the actual machine just because like the mechanics of it had to go faster. <sighs> yeah, man. That's, I, I feel like people, engineering is an easy thing to overlook. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, it's like, you know, every freaking pen like everything yeah somebody had to design the thing that made it yeah it's uh and i mean everybody's like constantly improving stuff Mm -hmm. and that's i mean when this thing started it was far from perfect so uh yeah it's uh it's kind of wild um i so i like i wear my engineering ring around and it's it's so it started as a Canadian tradition. So my dad uh, has always had his engineering ring on whenever I've seen him. Uh, and I mean, this is probably less 
make-believe myth. <laughs> but the story goes um, that there was a bridge in Quebec that collapsed because of an engineering mistake and a bunch of people died. Uh, so they took the steel from the bridge and they made rings for the graduating engineers. And you, uh, so you wear it on the pinky finger of your working hand and it's like a reminder, your decisions have consequences, you know, be ethical in your decisions. Um, Is it like a professional... Um what, who bestows this upon you? Or is it just like a gift that your dad gave you? Uh, so they've started doing it in American schools more. It's it's very prevalent in Canadian schools. Um, and there's a, there's like a nationwide organization that um, that gives out the rings. Yeah, there. that's what I was looking for, yeah. like a, an American chemical society yeah. or something like that. And the the ceremony in Canada is wild. Uh, that's so interesting, uh, like a like a pinning ceremony for a farm school or something like that. Yeah, well, it's or so it's a white coat, I guess. It's a closed ceremony, so you can only get in if you're getting your ring or you have a ring. Wow! Uh, so I got to see my brother's ceremony, which was great. Um, and there's like a, um, like all the graduating engineers are uh, set up and there's a long chain that they've like strung through all of the chairs that at a certain point like all the engineers have to grab so they're all connected by this cool. chain and there's like chants and uh, there's like an anvil that this guy like taps to, no to like it's a gavel pretty yeah, much uh, that's awesome and they like recite chants and shit it's that's so great cool to like have a community surrounding yeah. that like I, you know, you wouldn't consider, I don't know. I don't think about like professional communities being that like, uh, I don't know, traditional Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, so much like camaraderie surrounding it. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, I don't know how much is like surrounding that specific group, but Mm -hmm. it is like, um, so like I, uh, I was born in Calgary, which uh, is big in the oil industry. So there's a lot of engineers who live in Calgary, and you can like, you know, pick people out on the street who have their iron ring on. And That's you're just awesome. Like, oh, I know what that means. Yeah, so, yeah. It's like a shorthand. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so uh, how long were you at Mars, and what were some of the best moments that you had there? Um, I was there like two and a half, three years. Um, that's good for, for a job right out of school. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I mean, I was not good at my job, but, uh, <laughs> I like, I got out at the right time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> it was also like, uh, interestingly, uh, when I left, um, uh, one, my, like my work enemy, uh, <laughs> who I just, like, hated his guts. <laughs> and we never got along. And then right when I was leaving, he got very publicly demoted on a conference call, like an all-engineers conference call, um, uh, because um, he, so he was involved in, they were building an entirely new plant. Um, and he, there was some, like, issue with, something that like he bought all the engineers using the funds on the project like uh some tool to like work on the line but they were like you can't spend um project funds on that you have to take it from somewhere else gotcha and he was like i didn't know that i thought i could buy something for this project to use on this project right uh 
and so like everyone kind of agreed that it was shitty. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that's that's lame. Yeah, I was like they're using it for the project. Right. So I don't know what the problem is. Yeah. Um. And, like, the way that he was demoted was, like, really shitty. Right. And then when I left, he was like, hey, Gary, uh, if you ever need a letter of recommendation, I'll write you a good one. I'm like, well, fuck, man. How am I supposed to hate you now? Come on. You're ruining my narrative here. <laughs> you Something shitty happened to you, and then you you offered me something nice? Yeah, Jesus. God. <laughs> uh. <laughs> It's really strange, yeah. That's so funny. Uh, and then, That's probably also like a good lesson too, yeah. that like day in and day out, you could just be, you know, gritting your teeth at this guy yeah. and then at the end <laughs> of the day, he's just doing his job too. Yeah. And yeah, it was like right after that, this other guy, Jim Newman, uh, we were just like, we sat in kind of like half cubicles so you mm-hmm. can still see each other and mm-hmm. in like a circle pretty much. And we're all kind of quiet. Nobody's talking. We're all working. And then out of nowhere, this is like after I'd put in my two weeks, um, he just pops up. He's like, you know, Gary, you're getting out at the right time. <laughs> and then just went back to work. And like the office, and like yeah, around everyone. Nobody mentioned it. He would do those were <laughs> those were honestly some of my favorite uh G- Jim would do these like bizarre things like uh it was one year it was it was January 11th and we're all just kind of sitting we're typing along and then out of nowhere he pops up he's like January 11th today and everyone's like oh, yeah yeah he's like 111 11 it was 2011 uh and so I was like, oh, yeah, that's kind of weird. And Jim goes, I just worry about someone doing something like 9-11 because of the date. Oh, my <laughs> God. And then we just went back to work and no and one talked about it. Everyone just continues <laughs> talking yeah, at their desks. Like, well, I guess that's, oh that's my where we're at. <laughs> God, that is so funny. It was amazing. I yeah. love that. Um, yeah, I mean, it was... Uh, it was always it's always a weird job to talk about because I mean it's in a chocolate factory sure. and um it's hard to like mention to people like oh it's really stressful and right. every monday when i go in there's some new emergency Issue. that i have to handle and chocolate's really expensive so any downtime is super expensive and so yeah. your ass is always getting chewed out for Jesus. everything Jesus uh and and like uh, after a month working there, you can't smell the chocolate anymore. <laughs> so that's a bummer. Uh, so those uh, are all like the negatives. Um, and it was bad at my job. So I was like, <laughs> this is not a big... I was just, I was too tired. I was trying to do comedy yeah, at the course. same time as waking up at five in the morning and just oh, didn't work. Oh, yeah. I, um, I relate to that very hard. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, once I started taking classes and... Uh, getting into teams and shows and stuff like that, I would just get like later and later every day at work. Like yeah. eventually, I figured out that uh, if I missed the metro train that I should have taken and took the next one, I could get one of my buddies to like pick me up from the trains because usually <laughs> there was a shuttle from the train oh. station. Mm-hmm. And uh, but this woman that I was like really good friends with. Uh, 
would welcome a break from her job for, you know, 10, 15 minutes to come pick me up. So I would like take advantage of that. I would have to leave super early to get back into the city for anything that started before like seven, you Mm -hmm. know, and I just didn't care at all. And I was a contractor. So I just like, I just wrote it out until they (laughs) ended my contract. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, where'd you land after Mars? So I left Mars and then I was just uh, fun employed for a long time. <laughs> Dude, me too. Yeah? I, it took me so long to get, like, I just knew I wanted to do something that I actually mm-hmm. wanted to do. Yeah. I, I would luckily, like, I had some savings because I didn't have a car. I was always had roommates. Mm-hmm. So, like, my rent was pretty low, uh, and I didn't have very many expenses other than fucking improv classes. Yeah. Man, it's so uh, funny. I relate to all this yeah. so strongly. <laughs> and so I was just unemployed for a while, and then I um, tried – so I was trying to find things that were, like – flexible that I could do uh, and still pursue comedy. Mm-hmm. And I started- In the city, not yeah. having to go yeah. all the way to Oak yeah. Park. Oh, yep. man. Yep. It's hard. That was the one thing that is hard with an engineering degree is find a job in the city. Yeah, me too. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, all the labs are- Nobody's going to build a giant yeah. lab in the city. Yeah. You know Libby Schreiner, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was a chemist and she was like out That's by right. Midway. Yes, I remember someone- uh, kind of like suggesting that I talk to her about mm-hmm. my job search at the time, uh, and I think I, d- I think I did reach out, like yeah. just you know, kind of pick her brain about it. Uh, but you know, she admitted like yeah. <laughs> that she had the same troubles I did. I applied for a job that was down by thirty uh, fifth, like mm-hmm. around where the Sox Stadium is. And because I applied to that job through a recruiter, the recruiter called me in for an interview and I ended up getting a better job that was like <laughs> more flexible and in the West Loop. Yeah. And I nice. was just like, yes, this is it. And I've been there for five years. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. But it took a while. It took yeah. like over a year. Yeah. Um, the place that I ended up was uh, a friend of mine through the comedy world like mentioned uh, hey, I, I work for this guy. He's looking for somebody who can do like some design work. Um, and he's pretty flexible on hours. Uh, and that turned into the weirdest job I've ever had in my life. Uh, it was this guy, Che, and it was, he owned a, um, like a custom AV company, audio video, uh, and so he would design like custom speaker systems for oh. um, like bars and restaurants. Okay. Um, and it, it should have been so straightforward. <laughs> <laughs> it should have been, it should have been so simple. Uh, ask the customer what they want uh-huh. and then you do the thing. They want. Do the thing. Uh-huh. Uh, you get, you get the contract and then you do the thing and then you bill them for the thing you did. And, uh, so first off, um, in Che's mind, uh, this uh, was just a stepping stone for this uh, company to turn into a full-fledged film production company. Of course it was. Uh, there are so many red flags that I should have seen. Film production. <laughs> yeah. From designing AV to yeah. film production. Well, he went to USC film school, which uh, he mentioned frequently. Of course he uh, did. <laughs> he... Was always so as you know. I went to USC film school. And I'm like, oh, cool. Um, if you do that once, you don't have to ever do it again. Yeah, I'm like I get it. Uh, if you want to do it once, yeah. I'll give you once. Yeah, yeah. 
Cool. And you are not in LA anymore? <laughs> Great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you moved out here to pursue film? Yeah, yeah. The burgeoning <laughs> film <laughs> mecca of Chicago. To work on Shameless? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, man, he was... Uh, so he had like... Um, I, I don't know how else to describe it other than like he was so committed to like making the speakers that he made like the best that you could possibly put into a place. Uh, and I'm sure as anyone has seen by like people who have those like $20,000 speaker systems, you can spend a lot of money on speakers if you want to. Yeah. And most businesses want to spend as much as they need to and not anymore. <laughs> right. And he was constantly like trying to put in new and fancier stuff and then it would cut into his bottom line. Um, so he was like never turning a profit. Never basically. turning a profit. He was also very disorganized. So we uh, were ugh. always missing deadlines. Um, he was like scatterbrained in meetings. So people like thought he was like high on PCP all the time. Uh, I've had like multiple people talk to me. It's like, is Che on something? (laughs) Like, no, he just, his brain doesn't work. (laughs) My goodness. Uh, And so he would um, just go off on these tangents about like these things that he wants to make. And then he have these like grandiose design ideas and then he would change design ideas. And then the people would be like, this isn't what we agreed on. uh, Obviously. And it was just a mess. And then, uh, and then one day he just kind of like disappeared. <laughs> Straight up, no call, no show. <laughs> yeah, he no call, no call, no showed me His as employee. my boss. Uh, and the business just kind of dissolved. And that I was like, well, I guess I don't work wild. there anymore. And it was, I mean, for a while it was a great gig. Sure. It's like for a while I would just kind of like work from home. And yeah, working like, for a guy like that can yeah. be real cushy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was cushy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. But the job security, questionable at best. Job security, very poor. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a mess. And so I did that for a little bit. And then I started working where I'm working now, which is uh great uh really enjoy uh which is uh it's like a small custom millwork and and woodworking cabinetry shop uh, cool so i do like design and draft uh drafting for them uh do you draft the pieces or yeah. oh that's so cool yeah so it's a lot of you know like uh bars and restaurants will put in like cabinets or you know custom um furniture and wood pieces and things like that um so it's cool to be able to like you know there's some creativity to it, some yeah. design to it. it sounds it's also like it. like very flexible. It's not very uh, stressful, like demanding. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm usually like faster at drawings than uh, I need to be. I have not let them know that yet. <laughs> uh, of course, that I have of figured course. out a bunch of templates that make it a lot faster than uh, it really needs to take. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think that Under applies to over, yeah. a, a vast majority of America's workforce. Oh yeah, everybody's just working a con at some point. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Under promise and overproduce is yeah, that what you yeah, said? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I gotta do that. Um, but yeah, they're super flexible with like hours. I can go out on auditions and stuff. So, awesome. Um, that works out really nicely. That's um, so nice. 
Do you kind of find that at, at the place where you're working? Mm-hmm. It, it depends. Uh, we do professional training mm-hmm. is the main purpose of the facility. So mm-hmm. if we have classes, uh, it's, it can be a little ball busty. I'm yeah. there. Well, we hired someone a couple years ago who is much more of a like early morning person than I am. Oh. A- and my boss, my boss and I are both like pretty simpatico where timing works out. So like when it was just he and I, there would be days where like we would both come in from like, 11 to 6 or 7 you know like Mm -hmm. and uh and we were like chill with that but this guy is like a you know he'll be there at 7 30 and be like wide awake and that's just like not us at all so we kind of like stuck him on opening the office day (laughs) (laughs) and now both of us will show up like 30 minutes before class starts and just like see what other pieces need to be put together so that's been really nice and it's actually like great yeah uh uh, so even if, you know, we still have to bear a lot of the, you know, uh, like more technical burden, it's nice to have another set of hands just to do like, so that's made it a little more flexible when we have classes, uh, on both ends. Like if, if one of us has to leave early, it's, it's not too big of a deal, but if we don't have classes, it's, it's almost universally flexible, which mm-hmm. is really nice. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's really understanding. He loves that I do comedy stuff. Like, mm-hmm. have, he's known since I, you know, was interviewing there. When I uh, got asked by the recruiter um, if I was interested in the position, I was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, they were like, do you have any experience in chromatography? And I was like, I mean, I looked at some gcs when i was in college but like we never used them you know Mm -hmm. we sent our samples to the lab that did that so basically no and they're like okay cool what he's offered is you can audit uh one of his classes and even if you don't get the job you'll be able to put this on your resume and i was like oh hell yeah (laughs) so yeah and then uh he was basically like just looking for me to be like capable at that point mm-hmm. and there were it was there was at least one other person who was also auditing the class through the recruiter and at the end of that week uh my boss asked me to come back for the class that was the week after that as well because it's a different technique it was liquid chromatography versus gas and uh i was like yeah sure like absolutely please all the time and i got in there on the first day and the other guy from the recruiter mm-hmm. wasn't there and i was just like <laughs> Yes! <laughs> like, nice. at that moment i had already won yeah and i was i was absolutely right like at the end of that week they brought me on and i've been there ever since it's perfect really, it's been really great yeah, yeah. Oh, it's man. it's so nice to to feel like you know you're what you were interested in as a kid and what your college experience actually like got you in the place that you yeah. <laughs> kind of mm-hmm. wanted it to mm-hmm. uh so and it definitely at times will just make me feel like straight up guilty. It, like yeah. <laughs> it just be like, man, it's just and it's also an a wildly applicable uh, set of skills. Like yeah. the every industry uses both, you know, both engineering yeah. and mm-hmm. chromatography. I are just it just couldn't be more marketable in terms of where to put it. Yeah, I was. Uh... It made me think of, like, I have friends who, um, you know, studied theater or film, and when they're kind of at that precipice of, like, I have friends who are like, well, I want to, like, try to get an agent, but then, like, I can't get a break at my day job, so I'm going to have to go and, like, wait tables or something, Um, and it's nice to have, like, a 
as some sort of specific skill that I'm like, oh, I can be a little like picky or um, like I can request certain perks or whatever sure. because I'm able to offer a, a certain skill. A skill, yeah. 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 How else do you feel like your interest in uh, engineering and your knowledge of engineering has influenced you both creatively and then I would say kind of your life in general? Um, great question. Um, there's a lot of like like chicken and egg type of sure. things where I'm like, I don't know how much of this is like <laughs> because I'm an engineer or I'm an engineer because my brain is this way. Right, sure, sure. Um, but I do think like in terms of comedy stuff, like I'm, I'm very analytical. Um, there's like so much like weird comedy that I really find funny and I have no idea how to do. That's so funny. That's it, so interesting. Yeah. Do you feel that way? Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're, like anything on like click hole, I'm like, that's really funny. Why? My I don't understand. My brain would never work like yeah, that. I, yeah. I'm like, I could try, but like I could would be writing random words yeah. and then seeing like, is this weird in the right way? <laughs> is this weird in the right way? And I'm like, I don't know. That's so interesting to hear though, because I feel like you do have a, a like your sense of humor goes to oddities, <laughs> even if it's not like absurdities. I yeah. don't know if that's the right way to put it. Yeah, I mean, I think I do have, like, a certain... Like, anybody has, you know, their own, like, personal quirks, and then, like, getting better at comedy is just figuring out how to... Defining it. Yeah, Yeah. defining that and tapping into it. Sure. Um, But, yeah, I think, like, especially as a writer, I'm very, like, analytical of, like, oh, this is how this should be structured, this is why this punchline's gonna hit here, and, like, um, I'm, like mansplain to myself how jokes work when yeah. I'm like working through them. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it makes me want to uh like read something and punch it up more than it makes me want to start from scratch. Yeah. You know what I I think that's where my hmm. mind comes from is that like my analytical mind can look at something that already exists and go like, oh, it could be better here, here and here. But I think huh. sometimes it's hard for me to just like sit down and start somewhere. I definitely yeah, I can see that because there's Definitely, like, things where, um, like, when we were doing Koch Brothers, like, yeah. um, we would have, like, a sort of general idea. I'm like, oh, I know how to, like, I have a joke here, and then, like, I have some ideas for jokes here and here. Uh-huh. Um, but, like, just coming up with a broad uh, concept for an episode is, like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think, I truly believe that, like, the best comedy teams have a mix of both types of people Mm -hmm. like have like your idea people and your detail people. Yeah. Uh, how many different Rube Goldberg machines have you designed (laughs) and built over your time in comedy? Uh, I think just the one when we, well, I guess we did like a very simple version of it when we first staged Coke brothers and then we did a more uh, elaborate one. one. (laughs) Um, it was like the sort of thing that like for a while, and I don't know if you um, have a similar like experience like being like a STEM person in comedy where like like that's what people focus on. Yes. And I'm like, I want to be funny. I don't want to be the engineer guy who for does comedy. For sure. Of course. Yeah. 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 I and, definitely have gotten like, yeah. usually it's people going like, oh yeah, you you chemistry. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and like... 
and it used to bug me a lot. And then I was sure. like, oh, it's people being nice and they remember a thing about exactly. you. Asshole. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's good that you're self-aware about yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. But I'm also like, I wish the compliment was like, that was you're really funny. funny. Yeah. Right. Um, it's supposed to, that was well designed. Yeah, right. Yeah, sure. Um, but I also like, I do love building props and I uh, rely on crutches yeah. uh, that I have instead of like trying to develop as a comedian. I'll rely on this crutch that will get me like laughs if I make a big head out of paper mache. <laughs> but it's great though, man. Yeah. It's it's a combination of jokes and design in a way that I just don't know if I've seen uh, matched in other uh, you know, groups. I, oh, thanks. Yeah, I, I means it. Uh, I, as soon as, uh, at some point after you uh, told me you were interested in talking about engineering, I was like, oh, shit, cool. That's like such a, a one-to-one on some level. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> uh, yeah, you're obviously very interested in, like, <laughs> joke machines. <laughs> yeah, it's... it. Yeah, I mean, I love making, like, weird little devices and stuff yeah yeah i mean that literally and uh you know uh theoretically yeah (laughs) that's very interesting (laughs) (laughs) i thought it was the the first thought i had once i like thought about it for for long enough yeah i've always loved the coke brothers projects oh uh, thanks i'm really excited to (laughs) listen to murder town would you want to speak to it at all let uh, some people know what the deal is. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I um, ha- I co-host a podcast called Murder Town. Uh, it's myself and Shannon Knoll. Uh, they're super also funny. a past guest of MBSing. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they talked about. Uh, I believe they talked about doing like bus tours in Chicago. Oh, it was yeah. super fun. The bus tours. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. They had some stellar stories. Yeah. What a wild job to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the other flip side of like, if it, you're not a STEM person, you get some wild jobs and some cool stories. Very true, very true, yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, the show is uh, a very serious and very real uh, murder, uh, cold case murder investigation that takes place in Chattapicnic, Wisconsin. <laughs> um, oh, I'm sorry to laugh. It's well, very serious. Yes, it's very serious. Um, uh, Catskill Bones McGillivray is the um, <laughs> mayor of neighboring Briggsville, Wisconsin, and he was murdered on July 4th, 1976. And so we go and investigate and uh, quickly find out that everyone in uh, Chatta Picnic is getting murdered all the time. So we keep getting distracted by new murders that we need to investigate. Sure. Um, so, uh, yeah, if you like S-Town or, or Serial, uh, it's a lot like that. It's, uh, we promised we thought of the idea before we heard of the Onions <laughs> when, <laughs> podcast. When that got, like, announced or released yeah. or whenever, my heart, like, kind of was just like, oh. Because uh, I, I knew you guys had been working on it since before yeah, that. We, I had, like, seen we you on the like, schedules and stuff like that. Dragging our feet, putting it out. Yeah, we but what can you, you don't have that um, onion machine. Come yeah, on. Yeah, right? I mean, I talked to, uh, so one of the uh, onion writers, uh, Jen Jackson, was at I.O. Right. Um, and I was talking to her, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm doing this project. Uh, Murder Town, she's like, it sounds a lot like this thing we're doing at the Onion, oh, and I was like, no. "Oh no!" And she's like, "Well, just get yours out faster." Yeah. And we and didn't. then it didn't happen. And then yeah. they named their character David Pascal, and I'm like, "God damn it!" Are you 
kidding me? No. <laughs> no way. Do you do do you use your own name on the show? Not anymore. Uh, well, I, well I, yeah. I I use Gary. We use Gary and Shannon, but we don't uh, use our last names. <sighs> That's so uh. <laughs> Uh, which it's fine. Yeah, and, yeah. And the show is also like different from Donya. I'm sure it so, wasn't going to be, you know, um, the exact same thing. Yeah, it's basically uh, so all the interviews are improvised, and then Shannon and I write the uh, uh, the narration and the story and kind of stitch everything together as best we can. Yeah, uh, we will see if we actually solved anything by the end of the season. Um, but yeah, you can check that out uh, on iTunes and stuff right now. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it so much. And I I think that it'll be a good kind of like eye-opener, even just going through that process of like making a snicker bar <laughs> on the line. <laughs> yeah, is... and if I uh, signed an NDA that I can't remember and I violated <laughs> that, well, then I guess I'm going down in flames. <laughs> uh, then his name is not Yeah, <laughs> It's something else. And you nah. can't find him yes. in Chicago. <laughs> it wasn't me. It was the man with the mustache. <laughs> thank you so much again, Gary. I love you. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. This has been a Nerdalogs production. If you'd like to help make more things like this, please visit patreon.com slash to donate today and go to www.nerdalogs.com for more cool stuff. Thanks for being awesome. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.